Welcome to the Align Podcast. I'm Jason Sroden. On this show, we talk to orthodontic professionals, vendors, uh, software developers, orthodontists, technicians, all that stuff. And today I have my good friend and uh, the CEO of Gage, Ryan Moynihan. And today we're going to be talking about the importance of data in orthodontic practices. Ryan, thank you for being with me today. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, so just real quick, top line, tell people what this data analytics and business intelligent tool is. Yeah, so in the world of orthodontics, um, basically Gage is business intelligence for the orthodontist. And so when we talk about business intelligence, we're basically taking the raw data that's housed within their practice management system. So just think of thousands and thousands of lines of data. And we basically bring all that together um, and visualize that where we can actually help a doctor take very clear action and point them in the direction of where to take action. So data can actually be very, very overwhelming, especially to someone that's not necessarily used to uh, um, looking at it on a daily basis that you know doesn't have that job function. So to be able to take that data, synthesize it, um, visualize it, and then actually practically put it into you know where you can tell stories about it and understand where you're winning and losing um, is really what Gage does. We do this automatically. So we plug into the practice management system uh, and that data runs every single night. So doctors can get a look at what's going on in their practice, his or her practice every single day. Um, and it really helps them, let them spend a lot of time running their practice versus having to deal with the, maybe the business side of that or analyzing uh, a lot of different data and metrics um, outside of the automation that we provide. I think one of the things that people ask is what doesn't Gage do, right? Like if it's doing all these things, what other tools does an orthodontist have to have in their tool belt in order to play with Gage? Because I I know that there's a lot of different products out there that serve different solutions. So I want to give everybody a clear picture about what you guys do and don't do. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're not a practice management system. We just partner with the practice management system within a practice. So every practice will have a practice management system, which enables you to track the patient through the practice, uh, you know, at every step of the way. And then we're just plugging in and pulling out what we think are the key critical areas uh, within that journey through the practice to put that into um, easy to read, visualize data that teaches you, how, basically shows you how you're running your business, whether you're doing well or not. Um, and there's a lot of different metrics along the way there that can be, you know, leading lagging indicators as to if you're being effective or not within your practice. So uh, that's that's really where we live in the space. Um, we are, like I said, we are not a practice management system, but we do partner directly with them to basically just basically just visualize the data that's housed within that um, to give doctors a very easy look into their practice. Um, Ryan. How did you get into orthodontics? Like, you know, it seems like you know everybody in the space. Everywhere we go, everybody knows you. Well, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> it's it's it is it is a wonderful uh, wonderful space. I feel very blessed uh, to be a part of it. So, whether I got lucky or by chance, um, kind of my journey into the ortho space started at 3M. So, out of uh, business school. I joined 3M in a strategic business development role, working at the center of the company. And in that role, a uh, bunch of us right out of business school, we started doing you know quick three to six week projects for different um, uh, businesses across all of 3M's multiple industries, uh, dealing with business development topics, marketing strategy, uh, and then an opportunity opened up uh, in 3M Dental, which was called 3M Espy back in the day. 
dating myself a little bit, um, but I was uh, a marketing manager for the restorative portfolio. So I got my start doing uh, composite work, goop and goo uh, for, the, for the dental industry. Um, that led me to uh, a, a trip out to being a regional sales manager on the West Coast, which ironically, I had never carried a bag and been a salesperson. But um, the reason I was hired as this thing comes full circle is that um, I use data with the sales reps to point them in the right direction of where they should be focusing their time. And I was able to turn around a region that was perennially dead last to first in two years. And basically, like I said, I never carried a sales bag, um, but I figured out how to motivate people and use data and point them in the right direction. So that, that was always, a, a, I think, a, a fun part of my career um, proving that out just because I grew up as a finance guy out of uh, undergrad. So I always had that analytical background. Um, so that leveraging data is what got me a phone call from Ormco, which is in the orthodontics industry, obviously. And they wanted me to run their sales group for North America. Um, and so I had no ortho background. So definitely walked into that role as a deer in headlights, um, trying to learn clinical orthodontics. Um, I guess, luckily in my role, I got to be more strategic and deal with spreadsheets and PowerPoints and people. Um, versus having to learn the clinical side of ortho. Um, but nevertheless, I, I tried to grind my way through that through the time that I was there. Um, but the other experience is being part of ortho, meeting with the doctors, the, the team that we had at Ormco, um, even the relationships I had at 3M that were on the ortho side now. I mean, it's just, it's just a great industry, whether you're an orthodontist or whether you're you know, working as a vendor in one of the companies. It's, just, it's, it's a really collegial environment. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's one of the ways, you know, having that dental background into the ortho, um, is where I've been able to get to know and make a lot of relationships. Um, and so Ormco was there, I think for four and a half years. And then I got a call from Mary Beth, um, that she wanted me to come run gauge and see where we could take it. And it was my first foray into a, a small entrepreneurial company. And I was scared as hell to do it. Um, just cause I, my, if you look at my background, it's all big company, big company, big company, big company. And so. I was at a point where I was like, it's time to take the risk. It's time to you know, move, the move the family from uh, Sacramento, California to Atlanta, Georgia. And um, here I am four years later, and it's been just an awesome experience. You know, obviously, staying in orthodontics has been wonderful, um, but also kind of moving into more of a, a data company versus a clinical company where you know, I didn't necessarily have the, the uh, orthodontic uh, background. Um, but I do have the business background and the analytics background. So that's, that's kind of my journey into ortho. How did you meet Mary Beth, who is like the godmother of orthodontic <laughs> consulting? How did you meet her? She's so wonderful. Yeah, through, through Ormco. We had a couple projects that we worked on um, together. And uh, I, we, you know, we'd always see each other at the, at the meetings. And that just one thing led to another and conversation started. So, yeah, I mean, it's like there's so many relationships in ortho. And like you said, everybody kind of knows everybody. And um, there's a lot of moving around to an ortho. So, you know, one day you wear a hat somewhere and you wear another hat the next day. So uh, it's all good. We love everybody. So, uh, but that's how that's it happens. Awesome. Yeah. We're talking to Ryan Moynihan, CEO of Gage. If you're looking to get a demo of their software, go to gage.com. That's G-A-I-D-G-E.com. So data analytics and business intelligence, the, this is what you're, you do. How are, so people are using this data to come up with decisions that are going to change the course of their business. What might some of those decisions be so people can wrap their heads around it? Sure. Um, so depending upon, you know, the data that you have within your practice, 
it really enables you and the way you interpret that data enables you to set up systems and processes to improve or enhance your practice uh, results. So for example, if patients are going beyond their estimated treatment time, um, how would you know that unless you were actually looking at that data within gauge and aggregating that up? So if we have, you know, over 500 patients of which 200 are going three or four months over estimated treatment time, there's a massive cost to your practice. So knowing that um, you would have all of those extra appointments that they're costing your practice, you know, dollars. Um, therefore, you'd be able to take a look at that and, and probably do some things, some course corrections in order to, uh, you know, bring that back into more reality. Uh, so from a patient standpoint, so that's one of the key metrics, you know, that Gage could use and could give you an indicator of uh, just as an example of if your practice is uh, on track or not when it comes to treatment efficiency. Gotcha. And so are there are other are there other ways that like they can use the tool that are like top of mind to you where it's like, oh, this doctor solved this problem by doing blank? Sure. Yeah. One of the one of the big tools that we have within Gage or and things we lecture on is what we call our consumer conversion waterfall. And that's really the basic business model within the orthodontic practice. And that's following the patient from, you know, when they find your practice. And that's obviously what you guys help orthodontists with is, hey, how do I go find patients out in the marketplace? Gage picks up the story when they call the practice. So when they call the practice, they get entered into the practice management system as a new patient call. Then the next step from that is to bring them in for an exam. And that exam is kind of that selling time where the doctor is going to evaluate them and try to convert them into treatment. And once they get converted into a start, then that's obviously what rings up the cash register and the revenue. And that's really the business model. And then I, you know, I already talked about the treatment efficiency part. So once you are uh, in treatment, you want to make sure that you're doing that as a doctor uh, effectively so that you have good patient rapport and good results and all those types of things. And you get, um, you know, review status and all that and, and referrals. And um, so that's just kind of how the whole model works. So if you start peeling back that model at the beginning um, there, we have a ratio. It's the exam to new patient call ratio. So imagine you get a hundred phone calls, but you only convert that into 80 exams. So what happened to those other 20? And so in the industry, we used to, we, we, we allow for a 10% fall off. So we would expect 90, but if you're at 80 per hundred, uh, you probably have a problem. So that would be an early indicator that on the front end of your sales funnel, uh, you, you basically, something might be wrong with your process and systems, something, you know, with, with your new patient intake, phone calls, protocols, things like that, getting people in for exam. Maybe you don't have enough exam schedule uh, in your or enough exam spots in your schedule. Um, so all of those things could be really early indicators of I'm not even getting a chance at bat to get that patient into a start. Um, so that's an example. And then when you look at, okay, now I have them in the chair and I'm doing an exam. How many of those do I convert into a start? Um, so that's another, that's case acceptance within a practice. So that's another area of like, why don't I get hundred percent? What am I doing? If uh, industry average, usually 65, 70, uh, so if you're below that, you know, you might have a problem with your processes and systems. If you're above that, you might be doing something really, really well. Um, also within that, there are um, patients that aren't necessarily ready for treatment. So they would go into an observation pool. And so that's where you, you, you brought them in for an exam. You've created a relationship with them, but they're just not ready, uh, mature. They're not mature enough to start treatment. So you want to make sure that and a lot in a lot of practices, we'll look at that and we'll see hundreds of patients potentially in an observation pool. And so if you think about that, at some point, those kids are going to mature. You have created a relationship with them. And so how are you able to effectively market to them or keep in touch with them through the one year, two year period that they're going to be in that observation pool? 
And then when the time is right, how do you pull them out and make sure that you convert them into a start? Because you'll see in a lot of practices, because you're not managing that or you're not monitoring that, that those patients can just disappear. If you're not connecting with them on a, on a frequent basis during that whole period, um, they absolutely could just disappear. And then that's lost revenue as well. You don't get enough, you don't get that at bat. You don't get that chance to uh, convert them into, into revenue. So those are a few examples across this consumer conversion waterfall that we talk a lot about where that's the lifeblood of your practice. And just by very quickly through some of the visualizations that can be seen engage and looking at some of the charts engaged, you can quickly see if you have a problem or not in that area. How the, the solution sounds complicated because it's giving you so much data. If I'm going to put gauge into a practice, what kind of resources do I have to dedicate to it? And how does gauge help make it easier on us? Yeah. And, and there are 80 plus KPIs. And so this is just, just to give you a quick history of gauge where it was built. Um, our founder is Mary Beth Kirkpatrick. She has been a consultant in the industry for over 30 years, and she created Gage on the idea of, of this automation where she would go into a practice and pull reports out of the practice management system and spend you know, the better part of the first day just kind of diagnosing where the opportunities are. Gage automatically does that for you, and that's what she developed. Um, so, you know, depending, it doesn't really matter uh, on, on the size of your practice, um, because once we can get in there and hook it up to the practice management system, it automatically flows through. Um, but basically, the reason it does have 80 plus KPIs is because you know, it was developed from a consultant that has been very, very deep within a practice. And so each practice has different KPIs or different metrics that they want to look at. Um, therefore, <clears throat> we have all of those for those folks that want to dive into that. Now, when we start off, because the typical... Um, user of gauge would being into analytics and diving into business intelligence, it would be a newer concept for them. So yes, absolutely. If, if we have an expectation of them digesting 80 plus performance or practice metrics, yeah, it's going to be extremely overwhelming and we might not be successful. So through our onboarding process, um, we really try to take the data and, and put it into bite-sized chunks. And so, you know, as I just recently described the consumer conversion waterfall, that's where we really start because it's production, collection, new patient ads, exams, and starts. Those are kind of the five key things, key, key pieces of information that every practice owner um, should start looking at. And then, you know, once you get familiar with that and how to analyze that and put processes and systems around that, let's pick four or five more. Maybe we get into some more treatment efficiency. We get into some accounts receivable. Uh, those types of things where um, you just kind of continue to peel the onion until you get really comfortable with it. But if you try to dive in and learn all 80 at once, you're going to become overwhelmed and it's not probably going to be a successful uh, endeavor for you. And you might not need all of them either. So you might be doing more exactly, work than yeah. needed. You might get what you need out of yeah. like five to 10 top yeah. metrics. Exactly. Uh, I'm talking to Ryan Moynihan, CEO of Gage. Learn more at gage.com. Ryan, so we, how long when you're going to get set up and you're having this onboarding process, how long does it take a practice typically? I mean, it's really quick. You know, a lot of it's the practices are busy. So, you know, it depends on when the practices has time in their schedule to dedicate to working with us on getting onboarded. But once we get connected to your practice and some of the stuff we can do remotely too, as long as we can tap into the practice management system, but we can get you connected within two or three days, getting live data pulling through. 
Um, and then at that point, you know, we move you over into our onboarding team to where uh, they're going to actually start walking you through, you know, what does the data look like? We're going to cross-reference the data with your practice management system, make sure it all ties out and everything is, um, you know, exactly how you see it in your practice management system, only visualized engage. Um, and then we, then we walk you through just how to start looking at the data, how to and train you up on, you know, what you should be looking for, what kind of um, processes and systems can potentially go behind each one of these data points that you're seeing. So, Uh, all in all, you know, if we just look at it, if someone was immediately available, you could onboard somebody in a day or two. Um, oh, great. But that's wow. not usually the case. So that you have to schedule that out. So usually within 15 to 20 days, we're getting people up and running and, and live on the system. But that just, like I said, it becomes a scheduling thing. It's really the, the, the slowdown point there. We know how it is working with orthodontists. <laughs> for sure oh, they're great it's just i mean well the good thing oh, is they're the, they're they're, the best they're, they're busy that's why they don't have room in the schedule they're, they're actually making they're making money they're my favorite clients of all time that's why i've dedicated so much of our business to it they're the nicest people and the easiest clients to work with i can't i can't think of a better group oh, um yeah uh so i'm sure you've had numerous success stories but is there one practice that got really great use out of something that we could use is like, hey, this is a case study of one success. Sure. And we look at that in, in aggregate. Um, so I'll speak more in aggregate, but there within the aggregate, there's a lot of um, single practices that are multiple practices that are able to use this. And, 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 even, and even when we look at our um, OSOs, our orthodontic service organizations or the DSOs. Um, so the big group practices, basically what I'm referring to here, um, they, they definitely have seen benefit of that as well, um, where they can actually bring. So let's just, let's take an example from one of the big group practices. A lot of times, you know, as those are now being gobbled up, they, they're buying individual practices and putting them into a centralized group of practices. But all those different practices have different practice management systems. And so what Gage allows them to do is not have to change practice management systems because that can be costly as well. Uh, and we can tap into the different practice management systems, but bring all of that data together um, within Gage to tell the story for those practices. So we've been very successful working with a handful of our, our great DSO, our OSO DSO partners, however they want to be referred to um, <clears throat> in the marketplace, which is great. And then, you know, from a single doctor practice, we have some, um, you know, metrics on our, on our website, but we can go back and we can look at practices. And, and when we, when we hook in a practice, we pull two to three years of historical data so we can see how they've performed historically. So we've done some work too, on looking at practices, you know, what did they do pre-gauge versus what did they do post-gauge? And you definitely see, you know, especially the practices that are engaged with it, that are managing their metrics, that are picking the three to five five to 10 metrics that they want to track um, are leveraging gauge within their, their, uh, their morning huddles to, to walk through and be transparent with what's going on in the practice. Um, you know, we have a famous saying, what's, what gets measured gets improved. Um, you know, any, any big business, any big corporation is definitely um, going to be looking at data, uh, you know, out the wazoo, right? I mean, I've worked yeah. in a handful of them leading up to gauge. So uh, it's just something that, you know, one, for those practices that are engaged with it, um, we have seen over time where they've, they've seen some drastic improvements in production collection, um, new patient ads, exams, and starts um, as a function of that, just watching the metrics. Uh, what type of orthodontic practice is like your sweet spot? Is there, is there a practice that's too small or too large or do you service everyone? 
Well, I mean, some of the big, big, big DSOs, uh, I mean, they'll, they'll have, I mean, some of them created their own uh, internal analytics system or they want customized analytics. So, you know, we have a standard set based on, you know, what we believe is a critical few for the industry, but they'll definitely, um, you might may want to, you know, carve it up a little bit differently. So sometimes those are, are too large for us based on the solution that we have, but we've, we've been really successful with the, the mid-tier uh, OSOs, um, but also the single, single doctor practice as well as a really great resource too. It doesn't matter how small you are um, because, you know, depending on if you're just starting your practice or if you're mature in your practice, um, you know, as a single doctor or multi-doctor practice, um, you know, gauge is something that can definitely help you um, continue to accelerate your growth. So not, not necessarily a sweet spot, um, but, you know, we, we, do have, we, do, we do believe the solution serves the, the entire orthodontic industry, maybe outside of the, the, the real large um, DSOs. Tell me about market maps. It's an add-on. I know we give it to a lot of clients. If somebody buys two programs with us, we give them market maps. But I want to hear it from you about the value of the add-on of market maps to Gage. Sure. Yeah. So, so market maps, just to give you a quick, if we go back to that consumer conversion waterfall funnel, um, you know, I mentioned you guys help the orthodontist find the patients come into the practice. So, you know, what was, what's been great about market maps from a gauge standpoint is we have a great partnership that kind of gives us a, uh, a tool to use on the front end to go find those patients. And with market maps, it's just the ability to leverage um, personas, which all of us have a persona tied to us based on our age, income, and how we live our lives and spend our money, which if you didn't know that, it's a kind of a, a creepy thing, but we all have them. So instead of a credit score, it's one of 71 different delineators um, that kind of puts us in a bucket. Um, what we've been able to do is, is start to segment based on historical patient data that have come into orthodontic practices and discern which segments are most likely to purchase uh, orthodontics. And then the great thing about these persona codes is that every household in America is mapped to a persona code. So once we find the segments that we like and we think are lucrative, um, it really can help you maximize your marketing ROI by targeting those segments directly. Um, and you can dark target them in multiple ways, whether it's digital, um, Facebook, uh, traditional means too. So, I mean, yeah, I know yeah. a lot of people say direct mail is dead, but there are certain personas that actually love direct mail. So if you ever want to do that in your practice, instead of having to like um, blast a whole zip code, you could actually find the persona segments that are receptive to it that potentially would be interested in orthodontics. Instead of sending out 10,000 pieces, you send out 200, 250 pieces and your return might be a lot, a lot higher. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's using a rifle and not a shotgun. Absolutely. It's, it's taking a smart measured approach. We like to use it to make our marketing campaigns yeah. more powerful. It's a great tool. If I know that a AO3s are my target in an area and there's this one neighborhood, rather than do paid ads to this giant area, I'm just going to put a geofence around that neighborhood and just target them. So I'm spending and wasting a lot less. So it's more efficient. And that's why when we heard on it, that's really what fueled our partnership is like, man, this is a great tool that's going to help our folks be more successful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, digitally is obviously the way to go, but there, I threw in that traditional plug there because some, some segments just like it. Um, so oh, yeah, digitally, we, there's so much more opportunity with it. We, sure. we see that all the time, right? We'll see somebody who will be like, Oh, you want to hit this? Oh, wow. We got to send them a mailer. And yeah. they're like, what? No, no, no. This group, that's what they like. 
yeah. you're going to have the best response. If you're going after these 40 year old people with, who want braces, this is probably a good way to reach them. You'd right. be right exactly. there, yeah. which is really cool. I mean, to have that technology. So Ryan, if someone wants to get a demo on gauge or market maps or both, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you guys? Yeah. If you go to our site, gauge.com, G I a D G E.com spell a little bit differently. Um, it's real easy. You can look at the market map content. You can look at the gauge content. And then there's a, there's a demo button right there that you can sign up for. And then our, one of our sales professionals reach out to you and walk you through uh, the entire demo and answer any question that you have. So that's the easy way to, to get in touch with us. Ryan, thank you for being with me today. Gauge is an amazing tool and you all have an amazing team. I, I love everybody there. If you have not ever looked into gauge please go to gauge.com get a demo get with ryan or anybody over there on the team there you're also doing events on a regular basis so you know we'll post that on our instagram and you can follow them on instagram and ryan i just really appreciate you man thank you for your time today yeah thank you i appreciate it thanks for the opportunity to, to be part of uh, this great podcast so thanks man on behalf of brain bites creative and the aligned podcast I'm Jason Sroden, and we'll see you next time. Ryan, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate having you on the show. And if you are interested in testing out the Gauge Data Analytics and Business Intelligence platform, please visit gauge.com. That's G-A-I-D-G-E.com and sign up for a free demo and give it a shot. Um, on behalf of Brain Bites Creative and the Align Podcast, I'm Jason Sroden, and we will see you next time. Thanks.